So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing episode nine of season five, Love After Lockup. On this episode, Justine and Michael tell Justine's mom she's pregnant. Nathan and Skylar try to talk things out. Derek and Monique visit Big Mama. Ashley and Travis go to a bar. And Cameron gets wasted, much to the annoyance of Eris. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating. And if you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going with you? Uh, things are going okay. Yeah, it's February. I mean, you blink, right? And February is halfway over. Yeah, that's all that is always true about February, which means the, uh, yeah, we get things quickly approaching that it's all of a sudden, it's, you know, those March, April, May, spring break comes up real fast. That's yeah, okay. Yeah, but March is a drag. It just goes on forever. Yeah, it really does. It really does go on forever. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, let's talk about a couple that had some significant camera time this episode, and that was Justine and Michael. So Justine's mom is coming to visit, and Justine is planning on telling her mom about the pregnancy and the fact that she just quit her job. Justine and Michael are having a conversation about it, and Michael thinks that she just shouldn't tell her mom at all. While Justine is more concerned about the kids overhearing her and Michael talk about the pregnancy. Justine insists on telling her mom, and Michael thinks the world already is judging them, and they think they're rushing everything, so he's worried Justine's mom will be upset about the news. Justine is trying to nail down a specific time uh, that Michael's going to be back, which Michael is not really cooperating with. And Justine tells him that he needs to make a good impression, so he needs to make a plan and get there on time. Justine gives him a time since he doesn't seem to want to give her a time. And Justine warns Michael that her mom is super judgmental, so he needs to be on time. Sherry, Justine's mom, stops by and Justine and her mom go for a walk. Justine is joking about how Michael doesn't know how to use anything on his phone. Sherry is then warning her about how they have to make time as a couple. And Justine hints at, you know, more kids. And Sherry thinks that they don't need any more kids. Sherry even brings up that, you know, they should just wait until they know each other better. Justine says that the time for kids is now. And, you know, it's because she's pregnant now. And Sherry doesn't think this is a fun surprise. And they're very kind of, you know, tries to make it into jokes. So it's like, oh, no, not really. But later, Justine and Sherry are at the restaurant waiting for Michael. And Sherry asks, are you really pregnant? And Justine says, yes. Justine tells her not to worry. And Sherry says that every jackass baby daddy has left her behind. And she's the one who's had to pick up the pieces. Justine then tells her mom that she quit her job. And Sherry questions about how she's going to support herself and the four kids if this marriage doesn't work out. Michael shows up, but he is 30 minutes late. And Sherry immediately tells him that she's disappointed that it was so soon. She's talking about the pregnancy. Michael tries to assure her that he's not going anywhere, but Sherry worries about what happens when Michael's career starts popping off and Justine is tied to a baby, and Sherry asks him what the plan is, and Michael says there is no plan. The plan is in God's hands, which is just (laughs) the last drop for Sherry as she walks out. 
Michael follows her to talk to her and Justine says that she knows her mom and she'll just think that, you know, she's being disrespectful if she tries to defend herself. So Michael has a better chance trying to talk to Sherry. Michael reaches Sherry and apologizes, saying he didn't mean to make such a careless remark about God's hands. And he understands where she's coming from. Sherry says that she's just upset more so about the job situation than anything. And Michael says that he's there to provide and, you know, he just paid rent. So he says he's never going to be down and out. Sherry is worried about Justine leaning on her for money if things go south. Michael tries to reassure her that he's not doing anything illegal and he's getting money in legitimate ways. Michael is mad at Justine because he didn't even want to tell Sherry about the pregnancy or the job situation. Later, the three of them are in the car and Sherry's complaining about how she found out Justine was pregnant. Justine then turns around on Michael saying that if he had been there on time that, you know, then they could have told him as a family and she wouldn't have found out that way. Sherry, uh, Michael tries to be sympathetic of Sherry's, you know, perspective of everything. After Sherry gets out of the car, Michael tells her that, tells Justine that she shouldn't have told her mom. And Justine says that she was being interrogated, so she really had no choice. Justine tells Michael that he doesn't care. And if he did, then he would have been there on time. And then they continue to bicker and kind of joke fight, but seriously. And then uh, Michael gets out of the car and pretty much tells her to park it herself. And then Justine tells us that she just wants to feel like she's being supported. All right. So I don't know. Are you team Justine or are you team Michael in this situation? Should uh, you know, from Michael's perspective, should Justine just not have told her mom or is Michael the asshole for uh, getting there late and Justine kind of being uh, exposed because she's a bad liar? I mean, yeah, I think they're both kind of in the wrong. It is oftentimes very hard to keep secrets from your parents. Oh, because sure. Because they're like, I know your tells that, you know, you're lying. Like, yeah. as soon as she's like, well, I hope you're not pregnant. And then she like just looks at her face and was like, damn it, you're pregnant. Like, immediately, <laughs> there's no way. Like, like, you can't hide that from me. Like, I know this is hard to do. I don't even think she did that great of a job even trying to lie about it. Because at first she was kind of like, yes, I am. And then her mom's like, oh, really? And then she was like, oh, uh, haha, no, just kidding. And it was like, that wasn't believable. You, Sherry, you believe that? No, I don't think so. Yeah, no. Uh, so, the- because I'm kind of on his team with them. Like, I don't know that it was the right time. Because it's like they, they took the pregnancy test that morning. Right? Yeah. And it's like – and generally you tell the parents, you know, there's usually like – I don't know. if I feel like it's not – people don't hold it as much. There was like a 10-week rule, right? Yeah. That used to be kind of when you when you told people. But generally you told your parents earlier than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It just it, – it's, it's hard to take either of them seriously when like – the mom's kind of right about it. It's it, I mean she she's doing a mo- very much mom things with the mm-hmm. she's more or less pulling this whole time is like what do you need another baby for? You have plenty of babies at home. Yeah. Now take care of those babies. What's what, why do you need another one to take care of? I don't understand. <laughs> right. I mean, I appreciated that she focused on the job part, you know, like that's what she's going to choose to be upset about, and I think that's yeah. pretty legit. Um what I am kind of interested in is why Michael's source of income is such a mystery. I mean, he will defend it and say it's not from drugs, but it's like, yeah, but if you don't tell people what it actually is from, they're going to still think it's from drugs. Yes, right? It's like, because 
I also don't believe the sneak. Oh, it's from sneakers. And I was like, is it from sneak? That, that to me is that's what you say when you're selling drugs. <laughs> that you make, that you you're like sneakers some, filled yes. with drugs. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so yeah, I, I'm with him. It's just like that doesn't sound because he didn't even say sneakers. Right. And he right. didn't even say a music career. And we know he's selling sneakers, which is just like, how lucrative can that be? I mean, it seems like a pretty good side hustle. Like, yeah. honestly, like it sounds like a put, but it doesn't seem like someone's going to put food on the table for your whole family. Now, he says he paid last month's rent or whatever, but, you know, is that like it took him three months to save up for last month's rent? Like, yeah. how did that work? I don't know. I mean, they're going to have to continue to pay rent, especially if Justine quits her job. Yeah. And I mean, I, I actually the kind of thing they never say about the job thing is, OK, it, if you have you know, one newborn, you know, one that's not in school yet, another two that you have to have before and after care for school, and you have other kids you're taking care of, like at a certain point, childcare eats your entire income. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And so, yeah. And so it makes sense. Somebody's like, it makes sense that some, they, both people don't have to work because it will eat an entire person's income. You know, and then some. It's like, why am I working so that we can have less money at the end of the month after we pay our childcare bill? But the most thing that made sense is the person who doesn't actually have a job be the one that quit, be the one that decides to do that, and not the one who is employed. And especially when she, I mean, I did appreciate the mom just being like, God's hands. And she's like, nope, I'm out because I feel like that's what I want to do too, and I. I appreciate that he went over and was like, okay, that was like kind of a careless remark. I didn't really mean it like that. It's like, okay, good. At least you've identified what upset her the most. (laughs) Yes. Really not having a plan. That's what's upsetting her the most. Yes. And as it should, if you're like, this is, what is it? It's the eighth kid altogether between the two of them. And it's just like, you... I feel like after five or six kids, you'd be like, wow, let's let's actually plan the next one. Or at least come up with a plan when things come come at us. I mean, and they could probably argue that this one was planned, you know, yeah. like oh, they've no, been no. saying, oh, I hope she's pregnant from the very beginning. So, I mean, it's somewhat planned. I mean, this is definitely this is an in God's hands, baby. I don't they weren't like going out of their way. They weren't like, you know, checking when are you ovulating and doing that? The all got kind of really uh, trying. I mean, stuff. I think that's modern, right? Like, oh, totally. Back but in the day, you're just kind of like, ah, okay, well, let's just – we're actively trying. Yeah, I, I feel like there was still a – there's still a marked difference between like, listen, we're not doing anything to stop it. If it happens, fantastic. Uh, you know, And no, no, no. We're like really approaching this in the most efficient way possible to make sure if this happens. And most people start off with the first one and then when nothing happens for a few months, if nothing happens for a few months – then things just start to feel more urgent and they move on to the other ones, right? Mm-hmm. The, the other way. Um, but they're definitely in the, um, whatever, we'll just leave ourselves unprotected. And yeah, if it's God, if it's in God, if it's God's plan, then it's God's plan. So I don't know. I just, I don't know. It just, I go back and forth as to how much he's willing to do what he's willing to do. Right in order to support the family. Because when I was watching this, I even mentioned the person I was watching it with is like, I honestly cannot see this guy walking into Target and asking for a job application as a way to support the family. Yeah. He, that, that's off the table. He thinks he's too good for that. 
Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. But that's why it's like, okay, I I really want to know where you're getting this money, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want just like reassurance that it's legit ways. Like, how are you getting this money? Maybe he works like a night job that he's not super proud of. It's like, whatever, just say it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and maybe there is something. Maybe maybe he is working at Target and just doesn't want the TV show to know he's working at Target. Right. Right. Because he, it has his, he has his rap reputation to protect or whatever. He can't just be like a working man, which is kind of sad. I mean, I'm, I'm but honest work is honest work. Like I'm, right. not, I'm not trying to look down on anybody. Yeah. All right. So now let's move on to speaking of, I don't know, we want to look down on people. Let's actually start with Ashley and Travis. She's kind of looking down on herself a lot. So we start with Travis, who's still arguing with his mother, Ginny, about whether or not he should make things permanent by marrying Ashley. So he storms off angrily, like we saw at the end of last week, and he gets back to the car where he's just so angry, he makes Ashley get over because he wants to he wants to drive. So he tells tells Ashley about what happened, that Ginny wants them to wait, and he says what he really needs is a drink. So Ashley's confused about where all this hesitation from Ginny came from because up until that point, well, up until the point where Ashley went broke, Ginny was all about her. So they get to the bar and order a lot of drinks like right away, very stiff ones. They're very much like shots and shots and this other thing too. So as she realizes, they don't really have many options in terms of what they're going to do living situation moving forward. So she's kind of coming around the idea that they're going to have to move into her basement. So Ashley wants to make sure that, you know, Ginny isn't going to like, you know, if we move in that she's afraid that she's going to talk down to her and that Travis won't defend her and, you know, they'll never get any alone time. And then guess what she starts doing? Crying. Oh, God. As they order more shots. I was going to say, you should take a shot every time she cries. <laughs> well, apparently she did. And yeah. it, it ended very sloppily. So Travis tries to reassure her, reassure her that he's still into her and intends on marrying her. But that doesn't keep her from crying. And this is even just the alcohol crying. I thought it was just, oh, she's just being a crying drunk. But she was crying in the interviews too. <laughs> so outside the bar. We see him later. I get. I don't know if the bar is closed, if they're just trying to leave, but she is shit-faced. Yeah. Um, and they're doing like drunkenly being like, I just love you. I, I love you. And then Ashley gets mad and switches over and saying, I'm mad now. And just starts like stumbling down the – it was like the bar was like a strip mall, just like down the sidewalk of a strip mall. And then randomly taking off her shoes and chucking them into the parking lot and then keeping on her or her drunken walk. So she says she was what she was trying to get. She was trying to get him to come back after her and like comfort her, but he doesn't understand because he's just like, "What are you doing? Where are you going? Why are your shoes off?" I, what? <laughs> he doesn't like, give her a hug, and she says, "Like she's just like, yeah, it's just fu- we're having fun. It's fine. We're fun." And he doesn't really agree with that, but eventually does <laughs> give her give a hug. So. It brings us to the problem about how they're going to get home now because he's pretty sure he's under the legal limit, but he's also not totally comfortable with being pretty sure right now because a DUI would just like skip jail and being arrested straight back to prison for you. Yeah. So at the end, they're going to go back and they're going to go back to their hotel and then we'll see them move in with Ginny uh, tomorrow. So, I mean, when I watched this, I was sober. So maybe that's why I didn't understand anything Ashley was doing. But Oh, gosh. Like, 
did it did it make sense to you or was it just no, like no but i mean she mostly doesn't make sense to me either because i mean her being drunk is basically like her nonstop crying, right? Yes. Yes. So, she's a crying drunk, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And she's crying all the freaking time. So to me, it was like, oh, typical Ashley. Like, it surprises me not that, you know, she behaved such a way when she was drunk. Uh, mm. It was hard to tell. It's like, is everything okay? I don't know. I, I think she's starting to realize how dire her situation is if she's, you know, willing to give up her freedoms for, you know, living under mom's roof and under her watchful eye. Right. But, yeah, I just don't see this couple lasting very long. It's it's very weird to me that he was so quick to commit, like, at every point in this relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Like committing to her before he even saw her picture like now he's just like oh yeah like marrying her you know and because it making her happy it's like i don't i don't get what's up with this dude i guess not i mean it, it, we see this i think it's i think it just might be as simple as some of the other people but he's not as maybe obvious about it it, it is about the loyalty right yeah she was there like she was the one that was there and so I owe it to her as to do everything I can. Now it's – at him, I feel like he's, he feels a sense of responsibility for the loyalty. Yeah. Right? Not just like, – some of the other people that we'll talk about just feel like, well, the loyalty proves to me that she is an easy target to keep around. So right. I might as well do that. I feel like he feels – he feels like whatever happened when he was in prison, I think he feels like he still owes her something back. Right. It was her yeah. a kind of commitment, a kind of effort um, that goes back. And I mean, obviously, his mom doesn't feel the same way. Mm-mm. Like, and I'm not surprised. It's not really super surprising for parents. Yeah. Is it like, did you only like me for the money? Was it only that I have money? It was like, well, yeah, I like the idea of him being with someone who had a, who had their shit together. And clearly, mm-hmm. you don't have your shit together. Right. I must have been wrong about that. Yeah. Yeah, it makes no sense to me either. I, yeah, I'm just confused by all of it. I feel like he's an attractive looking guy and he seems nice enough. Uh, I feel like there could have been other people who were loyal to him. I feel like in most of the other stories, like we've, we've had definitely exposure to everybody, everybody's flaws. Uh-huh. I feel like I'm waiting for this Travis, these, these Travis flaws to come up, right? Because right. he's, 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 Seems to be doing the right things and flaws besides like, you know, being maybe overly loyal or overly eager to commit to somebody who maybe that's not the best idea. Right. But like I have, we haven't we haven't really seen him done, do anything bad. No, no. He, yeah, he seems like a pretty normal-ish guy. Like this could have been any reality show about relationships. Yeah. Yes, there's definitely not a lot of. You know, oh, okay, hanging out with that wrong crowd or like, right? you know, that we see so much of that kind of stuff. I think it also helps like in situations where it's like they don't have to worry about halfway houses or being on parole or, you know, anything like that. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's definitely a big difference between the ones who are free and clear and the ones who have the halfway houses and the parole yeah. and the bouncing back and forth to the halfway houses. That, that's, that is true. Yeah. Speaking of halfway houses, uh, let's talk about Eris and Cameron. So we open up on a very drunk Cameron who is stumbling around as he's like, where's my wife? One drunk, two other drunk. Yep, for sure. 
Yeah. So Eris, meanwhile, is feeling very sick and nauseous. She's blowing up Cameron's phone trying to figure out where he is. Cameron claims he's so drunk that he doesn't remember getting back to the hotel, and he's questioning whether he punched someone because his knuckles are swollen, and he lost his phone. Cameron says that if Eris saw him like this, she would be mad as hell. Eris thinks that Cameron has responsibilities now that he is a husband and a father and getting fucked up just isn't necessary. Eris doesn't think Cameron is taking his freedom seriously, and she's referring to him getting drunk and getting sent back to the halfway house. Cameron is telling us how prison life was a party during the commercial break, and he had access to all kinds of technology, and he never got caught. He then shares how he made things to smoke out of paper towels, and then he also talks about how his cell was the party place to be, and they for some reason called it Afghanistan, but I didn't really understand that reference. Anyways, uh, Cameron finally makes it back to the hotel and to the room, and Eris asks where her medicine is. And Cameron says that it's been a long day for a short kid, and he has no idea what she's talking about, doesn't know where his phone is, has no idea that she even asked for medicine. Eris isn't sure if she's more mad about Cameron being drunk or the family disrespecting her as we get a flashback of the family giving her a hard time for not showing up to the welcome party. Cameron tells her that he's been cussed out all day because she didn't visit the family. Eris starts telling him off and Cameron says, well, then divorce me. So then she tries to kick Cameron out of the room. And but the best she can do is really get Cameron on the floor with one shoe off. So I don't know. Uh, do Is Eris <laughs> even sick? What in the world happened? I, I mean, <laughs> am very confused because I had assumed from the last episode, that yeah. Eris's sickness was Eris being hungover. Right. And right. at this point, even I, I have, and and you know this about me, I have bad hangovers. Yeah. Um, where especially, and that's why, like, I could not get over how drunk he was, and like, because all I could, I was like, I don't think I've ever been that drunk because by the time I would be that drunk, yeah, you fall asleep or throw up. I'm in the bathroom. I'm in the Most bathroom people, for the rest of the yeah. night. Like, I, yeah, that's me. Um, I'm booting and it's done. And once that happens, the night is over for me. There's no there's no coming back. And so I get her being like the neck. If she had been that drunk the night before. Right. To be like, yeah, I'm not going out tonight today and doing shots with your family. I right. will never stop throwing up. Right. Yeah. And so I get that. But it seems like now after he came back, I would usually at this point in the night, I'm not feeling great. But I'm not like still like I can't get up without throwing up like yeah like, like like she was so it seems like it maybe it wasn't just a hangover and it's something else oh okay yeah of course I mean this is TV the first thing always is is she pregnant right that's always like you know yeah. why is she nauseous morning sickness but it's like oh gosh they've only been together like one time it was a couple days ago yes yes I mean the, the Justine Michael one was fast enough but this one is like yeah they've they've they literally were yeah you're right together one time like th- two days ago we're not we're not we're not here yet right and so right. yeah i mean but he was just oh he and was like, kind of funny like i mean i get it you don't want to have to deal with that as a partner but it's yes. like he's kind of a fun drunk i don't know he's oh, just I'm like sure he's he, funny oh, yeah uh, he is yes because he's the he's the moment well, i I would. There's certain circumstances I want. I would want him around as a fun drunk. I need there to be some sort of limitations around because if right. there's a pool, he's jumping in the pool with his clothes on. 
Right. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, but I would also say that we saw the fun drunk side. Um, I feel like it could go either way because he's For questioning sure. if he punched someone. I mean, I, I right. would never question that for myself if I got really, really drunk. Like, did I punch someone? I don't even know. Like, that's something that I would do. No, but I've I've definitely been like, why does this hurt? And it's usually not. But yes, my thing is, did I fall down? Did I run into something? Right. Like I wouldn't just be like, did I not? Punch did someone? I get in a fight? <laughs> well, I yes. don't know. Maybe I did. I feel. He, but if it was the point he was that drunk, I'd be like, I feel like you know, get in a fight, and it wouldn't be your hand that hurt. I feel like yeah. anybody you got in a fight with is probably gonna kick your ass. Right. I mean, I have to admit that sometimes my partner gets really, really drunk, and it's annoying. You it know, is. when no, no, no. when yeah. they're so drunk that you almost have to take care of them. And it's just like, or the whole thing with Eris leading up to this, where it's like you can't get a hold of them. And you're like, mm-hmm. where are you? You know, and it's like, I don't want to have to do that. No, you don't want to have to. You don't want because you don't want to ever. You really not as a ever, but you really don't like to be in that circumstance where you feel like your partner's mother. Yes, or you're babysitting. And yeah, yeah that. and that that's that's what it can be when you when you go over that line. And it's a line thing of amount of drunk, but also time spent drunk because. Yeah. You know, you get to that point where you're just so drunk, and then you know, it's a fall asleep too, right? That's what. I had that re- that that one hit me recently. I was like, "Oh yeah, let's go. We're gonna come back and do some other habit." I hit the bed and was just like, "Nope, nah, I'm sleeping now. <laughs> like, we'll go back out. We'll go go back to the hotel room and change and go back out." And I was like, as soon as I hit the bed, I was like, "Nope, sleep time. Time to go to sleep." Um, and that can be annoying. It it, it, it is annoying, especially if you're trying to. You want to have a fight, yeah, and you're like, "You've wronged me," but you also know you can't have a fight right now because it won't work you can't fight with a drunk person right and have right. anything come of it and so yeah. like that's what she just get out and he like couldn't get out and then shoes are coming off and it just it gets it does get annoying <laughs> yeah definitely all right so uh, no drunken on this one but lots of uh lots of drama so let's go to monique and Derek. so monique and Derek are getting ready to go see big ma uh which is um Derek's um, grandmother from his father's side and he says he's not worried about at all about that side of the family they're just gonna love her so he says that not, big ma's 95 years old and on the ride he tells her that the only thing everyone and everyone here that's going to be at the at the place knows about her is that they've been talking and she's like talking or together and he's like what's the difference and she's like that's a big difference so on the ride so anyway when they get there Derek senior and big ma are there. So Senior couldn't get to Derek as much as he wanted to when he, when Derek was locked up. So he's really glad to be able to physically touch his son. So Big Ma has a good first impression of Monique as someone that's going to take care of Derek. So we sit down to talk about how the two of them met, which leads to everyone laughing at uh, the profile pictures Derek had up on the dating app. <laughs> and rightfully so. So they say that everything is going fine except for his sister's talking trash. But Dad and Big Ma just think they need to keep that you know drama out of their lives. So when Derek goes out to have a drink or probably do other stuff with his dad, it's time to install the candy cams uh, in his sno- and, and do some snooping in his room. So, But before she's done and able to get all that done, Derek comes back in and finds Monique just kind of standing in the room awkwardly and wondering like, why are you here? And she's just kind of standing in the room and then she was looking at like his phone book that she had, he had in prison and now she's like holding it behind her back. So she's clearly hiding something behind his back. 
And he eventually shoes her out of the room. And it's also intercut with him in interviews being really upset um, about this, you know, lack of trust, about being watched, about being monitored, just like he was back in prison. So they go back and they sit down again with uh, Derek's dad and Big Ma and they get Monique crying just by saying nice things about her, <laughs> which is the first that comes from his family. So Derek says he never he has never brought a woman home to meet Big Ma before, so that's a good sign. But he's still going to have to have words about this snooping that happened. So after the meeting, Monique is finally glad that, to have someone in Derek's family that supports their relationship. So obviously, Big Ma, favorite family member so far. Yeah. So Derek says that on, on, on the road that, uh, that his brother has been hitting him up about them getting together so they can, I don't know, talk it out, maybe apologize. I think they said they're going to apologize, but they really just wanted to yell at Monique some more. <laughs> and I think Monique knows that that's what they wanted to do. So she's like, listen, we had a good day and I will leave that negative energy until tomorrow. So, so they get back to the hotel and she makes some salmon and gives him a surprise bottle of Prosecco. And he immediately launches the cork into the cabinets and like splashes her full of um, full of the the drink. And he says he's never opened a bottle like that before, and he didn't know that it would pop out like that. Uh, but he also takes a while to realize that maybe they should, he should pour it into glasses, and they can both drink it instead of him just walking around drinking it out of the bottle. So they they toast to stay, you know, about hope, hope things go weather go well. And he says, we should toast to staying together no matter what. And Monique's like, eh, no matter what? <laughs> eh, I don't know if I agree to that. But then he, then he brings up the snooping and how he really doesn't like her being all up in his business like that. So she agrees that he's right, but is also smirking the whole time uh, because she has no intentions of doing anything different. And he catches on to that. So he tells us that he could get he could get he tells us, not her, that he could get much more attractive women, but he's here because Monique is loyal. So they enjoy the home-cooked meal, and he wants to show her how much he enjoyed it in the bedroom. So at the same time, you know, they kind of go and don't linger too long about them going to the bedroom, but he's a little bit worried about what what's going to happen when she goes back to Chicago and he's stuck in, here in Cleveland with all this temptation out here. Okay, so did she actually get the granny cams installed? I don't think so, because, I mean, I didn't even pay attention to, like, that she was actually taking things. But it sounded like she was trying to find a spot for them and in the process was like, ooh, what's this? So then that's what she was, like, kind of interrupted. And so, you know, when he was like, what's behind your back? It was, like, very clear that she had got out some pack of papers or something like that that had his name and she was trying to like read through them yeah it was like it seemed like it was his the like his little black book or whatever but he had in prison which is funny because nobody has those anymore you know well, it used to be a also, thing also monique dumb because she should have just taken pictures of them and then gone back to it and read them later well yeah i i don't know how long she had to look at it before she would before she got like what are you doing in here? Oh, like, I was like, what is this? Were these numbers? Let me my, oh, no, now he's back. But I don't know. They're, neither of them are the, the sharpest tools in the shed. That's for sure. No, they definitely aren't. But I'm still, I mean, I think we're going to continue having this conversation. I don't know what he sees in her. It's clear that he's annoyed by her. It's clear that he, like, doesn't really want her to be around. I can't remember if it was in this episode or in the preview for next week. But it's clear that, like... 
he can't keep it in his pants when she's gone. I think yeah. they were, he was talking about it when they were starting to get freaky. Like he was like, well, I don't know what's going to happen when she goes to Chicago. It's like, oh, my gosh, what are you There's doing? A lot of temptation out here. Why does it always seem like guys like him just have women that are just like, hey, baby, like, really? That doesn't. <laughs> well, because seems- he's the kind of guy who's a flirt and is playing like the numbers in a weird way. Right. Like, right. He's just yeah. throwing it out there. Or he's casting a wide, wide net. Yes, and his he whole has, book's full of numbers. Right, sure. and he has caught Monique and however other many women in the process. And But the weird part about that is those are not the kind of guys who are trying to lock one of them down, especially when she's not pressuring him to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I don't see him. I don't see him at all. There's no way he doesn't cheat on her. Zero percent right. chance, right? <laughs> I mean, didn't we even kind of see in one of the previews that, yeah, that yes. that's happening? Yes. And like, I just, he, he he clearly has a lot of impulse control issues, right. right? Sure. And let alone for something that I'm not sure how much he cares. Like if Monique broke up with him, he'd be yeah. like, mm, I tried. Mm. She wasn't, she didn't want it. Like, I don't think he'd be that put out by it. I think he would feel, I think if she broke up with him, then he would feel like, well, she held it down and then, you know, she was jealous and then it didn't work. I I gave it my shot. I I, I didn't do her wrong. Right. right. Even if he cheated on her, he would be like I didn't do her wrong. Right. Um, like yeah, and and it gets it's weird. You're right. It's just that loyalty thing that mm-hmm. he's just like, well, she was loyal. So Yeah, but I don't really believe that. You know what I'm saying? The reason why I don't believe that is like she was loyal, but you ain't going to be loyal to her. No. And I do think that's a difference between like Travis and and him. And that's what I was getting out earlier is Travis is like, wow, I really feel like I owe this woman something. Yeah. And Derek is like, wow, this seems like uh, this seems like something I can milk until it goes away. (laughs) She held it down. So she she has proven to me that she'll stick with me for a certain amount of time until things go wrong so I can get as much as I can out of this. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. All right. Uh, so let's talk about another crazy couple. Uh, we have Nathan and Skylar. So Nathan is finally coming clean about what happened after last week, him running off and not wanting to say anything. His version of the story is that Skylar came home drunk and he got mad about it because she was lying to him. But then they decided to work it out over another bottle. So then they both got drunk passed out and woke up to find that somehow alcohol did not solve this problem. Nathan says they both broke each other's phone and then Nathan isn't sure how things are going to go because he knew things were really, really bad and he doesn't want to continue this way. Meanwhile, Heather, Skylar's mom, is taking her to a cemetery to give her a wake-up call that Skylar could end up here if she continues down this path. Skylar says that if she's active in her addiction, she is very selfish and she doesn't think about the consequences. Skylar tells us that people have told her they were planning what to say at her funeral. And then Skylar is teary eyed and kind of thanks her mom for this reminder. Nathan says that he's worried that Skylar will come back and break up with him. Heather wonders to Skylar why she's going back to Nathan. And Skylar thinks that there's a lot of benefits to their relationship. Heather thinks that they both just need time alone, but she drops off Skylar so she can talk to Nathan. Skylar walks in and Nathan has his head down and is completely ignoring her. 
Skylar says that they need to reach some kind of resolution so that way this doesn't happen again. And Nathan tells her, it'll be fine. Just don't lie to him anymore. And Skylar says that that is not what happened. She (laughs) says that he accused her of hanging out with guys. And he says it's because she ghosted him. So he grew suspicious. Skylar is annoyed at the suspicions just in general. Nathan says that he's trying to glow up and he doesn't play mental games with her. Skylar doesn't see it that way. And in fact, (laughs) she thinks that he's incapable of seeing anything that's his fault. Nathan asks her again to help him be a better person. And Skylar says they have to treat each other like equals instead of acting like she's always the problem. Skylar blames him for getting her back sent back to prison, and she admits that she does resent him for it. She then says she's just done, and she walks out, and Nathan follows her and then tries to kiss her. He softens her a little and tells her to come inside. He completely switches gears and moods and acts like everything is fine and that he's sorry. He then does demand her loyalty and respect as they joke around a little bit and they both say they love each other. All right. So I feel like we're getting a bit of a better uh, picture about the kind of person Nathan is. What is your take on the kind of person Nathan is? Oh, he's manipulative as hell. Mm-hmm. Like he he he's explosive when he's that. But and that and that's the obvious part where it's like, wow, this guy he he's got some issues. He's 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 very aggressive. But then he gets to this point, and it's all manipulation. It's all projection. Mm-hmm. It's all like, and he says, "Oh, I'm not going to play mental games." I'm like, buddy, all you do is mental games. Right, right. That is literally all you have. Everything is your mental game. Well, I need you to make me make a better person. So now she has to structure her entire life, yeah. her entire reality around your emotions. And if she doesn't, it's her fault. Like, right. He, that, and that's and that's not a mental game. That's just him being straight. That's just him growing up. <laughs> Like, it's ridiculous. He's awful. He's awful. Oh, yeah. He's super awful. Um, The other things that really bothered me, you know, about everything that he was saying is like how he went from, you know, being in this mode of like mopey and like, I'm the one who's mad at you because you could definitely get that impression. Her walking in like, I'm mad at you. And then the moment that she's about to, no, no, just kidding. And then be all like. What's wrong? We're not having problems. We're not even fighting. Like, you know, and, you know, trying to force himself to kiss her and like, you know, her to just like accept it. And then it's like. Yeah, I don't. I I was so confused how that worked. Yes. Yes. I was like, how did that work? I don't understand how that that was just it was it was really over fist. Like I, I, I feel like I would never even attempt that. Right. to work because I would be like she doesn't she just isn't she's gonna like shove you away and punch you in the face and be like get right. away from me we're yeah. fighting like what are you doing and then it works I'm it I was I was so confused about what happened there right uh I can't remember did he actually buy the ring or did he just go ring shopping oh man no he did he did because at some point in the few episodes he said he had a ring burning a hole in his pocket oh right yeah, and I know that they've talked about it, but it's like he can't propose to her now, can he? There's too many problems. <sighs> um, I mean, if you were a normal person who wasn't <laughs> right. on a, you know, terrible life decision show, then no, of course <laughs> not. You can't get married to this person right now. If you're 
aggressive controlling manipulator like he is yeah you you might do it if you think it's going to get you what oh you want my like goodness so i don't know because it, because whatever it was i don't know she's still there and i'm i'm, I'm kind of on the team with her mom i was like what are you even doing like why right what is this guy giving to you well you don't know it's like then please then please explain it to me because I know, all i see don't. is a person who stresses you out a hundred percent of the time right all right. And I mean, she's like, uh, she seems like normal enough. Like, she's a cute girl. She seems like she's mostly trying to get through this. I mean, granted, addiction is a difficult thing to have to deal with in a partner. Um, but at the same time, it's like, there's people do it. You know, it's like, you don't have to settle for this guy. Other people yeah. will find you attractive and will, you know, enjoy your company and not act like a psycho. Well, she doesn't have to settle for anybody. I think the, the I think I honestly think part of the problem is we don't see the fights with her mom. Mm-hmm. Like we see her mom and we see her kind of behaving in front of her mom and yeah. we see her take it to the we see her take it to the graveyard and the mom's like, Oh, I don't want you here and she's like, oh, I don't want to come here. But I feel like she fights <laughs> with the mom a lot too. And she feels yeah, like I'm if sure she, moves, she does. If she leaves Nathan, then it's mom. That's her other choice. Yeah. You know, and I and, and I think we're not getting the whole story there. Right. Yeah. That's a bummer. It seems like she has friends too. You know? Yeah, but I don't know I don't know about her friends either. Like I I in terms of support, yes, I'm sure they'll be there to support. In terms of where am I going to sleep? Where am I going to have to spend my time? Yeah. I don't know that they have it together enough that they can be an alternative to mom's house. Right, right. Oh goodness. All right. Well, uh we still haven't heard from because we're just assuming Gabby and Chris are just done. I'm assuming, yeah, I'm assuming we're not going to hear from them again. Yeah, yes. and it ends up that next week is our season finale. Yes, like I, like I had predicted. Yes, have they shown anything on who the new couples are for you know life after lockup for because uh, you know just as they usually do, love after lockup ends the very next week we get life after lockup. Right. Um, I see. I, I feel like. I feel like Justine and Michael were in it. Uh, yeah, Monique and Derek were. Uh, Lindsay and uh, whoever she's with nowadays. Oh yeah, not not the 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 guy that she was living with. Right, yeah, yeah, whatever right. His name was yeah, yeah. Um, and then it sound it looked like. Um, I can imagine. I think we have Taylor and Chance. Oh gosh, really? I can also imagine. Uh, he's annoying to me. Uh, oh yeah, of course. I can also imagine. Um, Sean, idiot, Sean. And Sarah. Oh, I, could, I think so. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out. I mean, this is just me remembering the preview that was up there. Yeah. I mean, the <laughs> only person I really recognize. Like, it was it was kind of tough to follow because I feel like they went over season finale and then almost immediately after the commercial was life after lockup. And so that's why I was confused. I was like, wait a second. Is Derek and Monique in this one? But it kind of seemed like they were. And then the only new couple or I shouldn't say new. The ones that aren't on the season I saw was Lindsay and her guy. Yeah. that So. I feel like I may have seen a Sean thing. I mean, I feel like I saw Sarah yeah. like, around, right? Um, but maybe. I don't know. Well, well I guess we'll I find mean, out. I mean, I find their story compelling, not because of the destiny angle. It's like, oh, no. how I think is she, I think we're Sarah like, handling basically having an idiot for a partner? That's what I want to see. <laughs> 
Yeah, especially now an idiot for a baby daddy too. I like, know, right? So it's like that's what I want to see is like how is Sean navigating having to be like a somewhat intellectual human being? Right. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's someone who yeah has two brain cells that rub together. Right, right. But I mean, like I don't care about destiny. Like she can get out of that storyline. Her random trying to shake down every once in a while. I can live without that storyline. That's unnecessary. Yeah. All right. So yeah, the one more we'll get to do. See, say goodbye to everybody this time, and then moving along. Okay. So who was your student of the week out of the group we saw? All right, student of the week. I guess I went with Travis. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw two people have to deal with a drunk uh, partner. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like he did a slightly better job. And also like, like I just, I, I feel like he knows what he, what they have to do and just trying to like ease her into <laughs> yeah. the, the right decision will be okay. We'll be fine. Like we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, I went with Michael. Um, I really liked how he was like active listening, you know, with uh, Sherry to try, you know, make the situation better. I mean, sometimes Michael confuses me. Like, why is he always trying to keep everything a secret from everyone? And that's annoying. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I really liked that he wasn't just blindly taking Justine's side, that he was really trying to be sympathetic towards Sherry. He was really trying to make the situation better in general. So I went with Michael. That's true. That's true. Okay, how about your dunce? I actually went, and that's maybe it's a unfair one. I actually went with Skylar mm-hmm. for just not ending things with Nathan. Oh like, gosh, this, yeah. this relationship needs to be over, and like to, to allow herself to kind of get sucked back into that that relationship. Because, but when we got there, he was like, "Oh, she's coming here to break up with me." Like I know that's what's going to happen, right? And I feel like she was like, "I'm going over there to break up with him," and then they didn't break up, I right? Don't, yeah. That's funny that you say that because my dunce was Nathan. I can't argue with that. Yeah. Right? With just how he handled everything from like him trying to ignore her with his head down when she first walked in. It's like, what are you doing? And then just being so angry. And she's she's not wrong in when she says like, you know, I'm not saying I'm right all the time, but you do things wrong, too. And you make it seem like it's always my fault. And he's always trying to hide why he's really getting mad at her. And that, like, really frustrates me, too. Like how he tried to play it off like, oh, she lied to me because she was drunk. It's like, no, I actually believe her story where you went crazy because she didn't get back to you right away. Mm-hmm. And so you just assumed she was with a bunch of dudes. Right. And then when she does that, his response is. Well, she needs to make better choices. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That's her choices. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it is infuriating. Yeah. All right. So what about your life lesson? All right. So I went with the God's hands thing. So (laughs) leaving something in God's hands, like I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, sit here and denigrate people's religion. If you believe, you know, believing in God and believe God has a plan. But I mean, I'm a person who says, that means that you use the skills and the blessings that God gave you right. to take care of things and right. make things work. Not that you just sit back and be like, whatever, Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, it's not – you can't put your life on Jesus cruise control. Oh, you actually gosh. do have to steer the car because God gave you the ability to steer the car. Right. Well, I mean that goes back to I think on 90 Day Fiance last week where they were talking about manifesting. Oh, I'm just going to manifest money. Good luck with that. Like – yeah. Don't you think it, we'd all be manifesting money right now? But it's kind of the same thing. It's like to just kind of hope and have 
blind faith. There is a difference between faith and blind faith. And there's also like, and this is when I say it's a blind faith, it's a blind faith that everything is going to turn out okay with you doing absolutely nothing with, to get you with there. With no effort on your part. Right. That, that's the part that I don't get. That's the, yeah. Yeah. It's like, yes, if you have faith and it helps you through to speak, you know what? I can fall through this. I have, I have these things. I have, but I have to turn it back on. I, you know, I can, I can put my nose to the grindstone. I can work hard, and things will be fine. Mm-hmm. I get that. To just be like, yeah, you know what? I didn't like that job. I, I didn't feel like going to work. So it's gonna work out. I'm sure. I'm sure God will make things work for Money's me. Money's gonna just, happen. I'm not gonna have to go yeah. back to work. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, so my life lesson kind of with uh, Justine and Michael, um, if you can't keep a secret, just avoid that person. Because, I mean, I'm kind of with Michael there. It's like, if you really thought that you couldn't keep a secret, maybe you should have waited for me to get there before you even picked up your mom or, you know, like just, you know, picked a day where Michael was, wasn't going to work at all. Something. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, we will be back next week and they're having a season finale. So we're just about wrapping up this season. So next week we'll have uh, power rankings and yeah. Yep. Yep. We'll say goodbye to these people. Until then. Okay. All right. Take care everybody then. Bye. Bye. Bye.